Okay, here we have it for the uh, reskilling event for uh, November 2019 here at the Portland Library. Everybody's welcome. On the, I think it's the second Tuesday of uh, every month. And if you have any reskilling, re whatever ideas you want to share, and uh, it's going to be shared not only in this environment here with uh, lots of room for lots of people with lots of ideas but it also can be uh, broadcast throughout the internet at the uh, metageny.com slash reskill uh, blog that's there that'll have slide sets and the audio and I'm working on combining the two but it could take a few months before that happens but I just downloaded Audacity the free software uh, onto another computer that isn't such an old dog like my other one was but it's pretty easy to just download and here I'm roaring and of course I'm using my uh, Android um, you know uh, sound recorder too so we'll see which one is better and use the, use the one that's best for uploading for that so without further ado I think I'll go ahead and uh, introduce everybody okay everybody been introduced I hit F5 and uh, F5 just brings me to the slide set, and we're going to roll over this. But before we do that, uh, there is something that needs to happen. That's the intro music. So, I mean, everybody likes little intro music. So, if you wanted more, here's more. You know, podcasts are really popular these days, and so intro music is uh, very typical for lots of them, and you can consider that uh, having been exposed to such. So the whole idea of uh, reskilling, uh, if you go to the first slide here, it says there's reskilling, and then there's reusing, and life hacking, and resilience, and refusing uh, when you need to refuse, and redress, redress the government when needed, uh, rescue, renew, redo, everything re, and so that's what that is. Um, we don't know where this is going to go, but it certainly is a nice place to start. So uh, the first slide gives a little bit of a rationale, and we always like to go into that, of course, but you can always uh, learn that on any of the months that we go, because I always use this as my first slide because you got to know uh, why you're doing something when you before you get into the um, thick of things and the next slide is very typical too of the potentiality of this event no one knows what happens when you put something on the internet uh, artificial intelligence can grab it and uh, learn and come up with a super great idea based upon what I said even though no humans may hear or humans may want to listen and get something out of it too that's perfectly fine and uh, so the smallest thing down in uh, Portland Library can also be uh, extremely uh, useful in a larger context so that's what fractal thinking is fractals are mathematical as well as uh, in artistic uh, formulations for for the last uh, many centuries if not more than that uh, so uh, there's all kinds of concepts that can be uh, thought uh, fractally fractally uh, the small the large and they're kind of listed there in in slide number two which kind of has uh, everything you can think about under the Sun you can rethink and uh, that's perfect so let's uh, go on to the next slide because I don't know it's uh, time gets away it has a tendency to it's what it is uh, the next slide three <clears throat> by the way I didn't have a PowerPoint on this laptop so I did this on open office like Apache 4 or something like that download it's f just free available it's very good it tries to be exactly the same as Microsoft uh, Office you know Word and, and PowerPoint and all that stuff and in fact it even converted over to a PowerPoint uh, format and uh, I'm sure it could uh, zip over to a PDF as well uh, if I want it to and I may do that after 
this event since people don't necessarily have um, open office or PowerPoint but they do have PDF readers of course because it comes with most browsers so that's cool make it easy uh, so the slide three has to do with uh, project management and everything that's talked about here tonight can be turned into a project and you can obviously you know, be successful if you kind of follow to make sure that everything is done you got to look at uh, integration like other stakeholders what do they think and how does it work with all the other projects you got uh, when what is the, your scope of your idea how timing of it the cost of it how high of a quality do you want to do it and uh, human resources who's going to do it communications who's going to know what when uh, what kind of risks are involved in the project and how are you going to procure or get the stuff that you need to get in order to get the thing done so that's the beauty of uh, ideas is that they can be um, assembled into a package so as to be successful and that's what uh, project management kind of does so why not slide number four uh, on account of the fact that I didn't have much prep time uh, doesn't have a graphic in it but I it did have a graphic last month about a Strava trip, um, a canoe trip rambling around the Ohio River. And this month I was going to put in my Strava uh, map for um, walking around. Um, not on the river, but right by the river. There's some wilding areas over by where the, um, the uh, Federal Freeway underpass is where the Army Corps of Engineers is as a metro park and the railroad as well as some uh, s some signs there's some freeway sign uh, renters too so there's all kinds of access roads and uh, trails and deer paths uh, all that's to say that uh, nearby uh, anyone's home in fact here in Portland and and uh, Wharf Park area etc there are lots of places to scramble around uh, you have to watch for poison ivy, of course, but once you learn it, you can stay away from it. Uh, but the idea would be to, if you don't have a canoe, you can uh, go for a walk. And if you don't want to walk alone, you, there's a walking club. And uh, that was the walking club that generated the Strava, which I didn't get a chance to post. But uh, <clears throat> at, at any rate, uh, every Sunday at 9 a.m., uh, there's a walking club that's posted on the Facebook, so it's an event, and I'll try to uh, plug it uh, just so everyone gets an idea that, hey, I could go out walking, and ooh, there's some interesting places to go walking. Um, other fitness plans that are in the, the works, uh, certainly I go, there's every Monday, there's the tennis at uh, Lannan Park. Now that's ceased because it's uh, dark at six o'clock now. So the Mondays at six are not that. Mondays at six are at the rec center, two blocks away from Lannan Park, where we do go to the um, weight room. And so Mondays are weight we're lifting. Uh, but one thing I'm going to do is in the basement. I got some uh, room. I'll just go ahead and uh, put some weights down there and yoga mat and make sure I keep up with uh, strength. Uh, throughout the cold winter when I'm not necessarily as active and uh, don't want to get out in the cold etc so that's um, the plan is to use your space as well as uh, use your uh, rec centers and uh, memberships at gyms and things like that to stay fit forever and there was a there was a guy at the, at the rec center weight room who I see when I go there he said hey old man and uh, of course I don't feel like an old man at all but that's perfectly fine if I'm perceived as such an old man can uh, kick anybody's butt who sits on the couch and uh, plays video games all day long so that's how that is um, and another thing I wanted to look in terms of, uh, of life hacking is the uh, the Garmin wrist heart monitor thingy that I wear uh, you know is telling me how much you know sleep I'm getting and how many how my heart rate and uh, steps during the day etc it is showing that my basal 
heart rate is going up a little bit. So instead of like 50 beats per minute as being my base, it's more like 54. That indicates that I'm just not jogging as much as I should, you know, doing aerobics, etc. So I'm starting to jack that up. Like last night at the weight room, uh, I brought my basketball in a backpack and then just uh, just dribbled the ball and ran laps around. Uh, while other expert basketballers were playing basketball, I just would just jog around the perimeter uh, and get lots of uh, um, steps in aerobics that way. Uh, and in the meantime, you can also do fun tricks with the basketball as you go uh, to, makes it, to make it, of course, kind of uh, interesting rather than just pure jogging, which if you're into that, that's fine, but also since I've ran three marathons, I know you can just jog, but then there's also other things you can do. So I'm kind of to that point, but I I don't have to corner myself into doing something while jogging. I can just jog by myself uh, without doing anything else. Um, and then maybe I'll just get a couple of ear pl- earphones and uh, rock to some music like everybody else seems to be doing these days. So there's some food hacks that I want to talk about. And again, I didn't have time to put cute pictures in here. But everybody eats every day almost. And of course, you know, fasting is a, I'd love to go uh, fast for a couple days to see what kind of <clears throat> world that enters into. Because it doesn't seem like my, you know, stomach seems to be shrinking because i got so many vegetables that I get from the uh, farmer's markets and the, uh, I guess, uh, um, you know, local organic um, food share kind of stuff and on the rec center sometimes I have uh, leftovers that they're just going to throw away from feeding the kids and uh, so there's it'd be kind of fun to take days off from uh, eating because I know uh, I, eat, I try to eat real nice but also I'm all just kind of eating a lot but uh, we'll see how that goes but uh, with all the food that I am getting like fresh vegetables from the Fresh Stop, and I definitely want to recommend you go to you know New Roots Fresh Stop. Get yourself some uh, Portland uh, every week in the summer. There, yeah, there every week. No, once a month. Yeah, I think it's every other week. There's uh, fresh vegetables that's coming at you. So I'm just deciding that I crockpot everything so you can. Everything's soft and easy to wolf down really fast because uh, you got a lot coming at you. And just at this particular time, I don't have a freezer. Uh, that might happen in the near future, and I can throw all that stuff in the freezer. But right now, either I eat it or it kind of is going to go bad. Uh, so Crock-Pot is a great way to uh, put a lot of vegetables uh, down the hatch. And, in fact, that's kind of... The cooking of the food is the philosophical thing that I've spoken about in uh, in times past. That uh, I think the, it was humans' brains started to grow when we learned how to make food soft, and we can just wolf it down fast. And a lot of times, it was said that it was because of meat, but I think that it had to do with the fire, which made anything that you uh, eat um, consumed a lot faster because. Um, it was a softening up from the uh, heat of cooking. So that's that. I think that's an excellent uh, conversation to always have because um, I think the assumption is, well, of course, it has to be the meat, and therefore you have to go to all lengths and try to get your uh, the meat, and that's just not relevant. Um, but yet, who, how are you going to uh, combat uh, advertising uh, kingdom ships, right? So uh, other things that I've gotten into uh, are when going to Aldi, I find that the potatoes are just so cheap. So I buy a lot of those, and those are obviously easy to put in the crock pot too. Uh, Or also you can uh, make, uh, you know, obviously throw a potato in microwave, that's good. Or if you cut them into slices, uh, potatoes can um, be tasting just like french fries if you um, without any oil and just put them in the microwave and then they kind of dry out along the surfaces and it tastes pretty good of course you gotta I put salt which is my high potassium salt and um, ketchup I love ketchup 
Um, so it's there's a lot of different ways to eat uh, potatoes, and I'm a proponent of uh, you know high carbs because that's kind of what we're um, growing up on as a species, and our intestines are kind of made for that. So it's, uh, it's something that I'm, I'm, you know, not shying away from cheap, good, and healthy potatoes. Another thing that uh, it's cheap at Aldi are the tortilla chips, the salsa, spaghetti, and the spaghetti noodles. Uh, re- really cheap, and so you can uh, really get a lot. And you can pretty much eat really, really, really low price. The idea would be then to uh, not spend your money on food very much. It's ridiculous uh, how much you don't have to spend. And of course, you want to make sure that you're having your greens and your root veggies and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but most, you know, your your calories uh, can be taken care of pretty easily for a low cost. Uh, and see, I think there'll be other pi- pictures uh, coming up th- um, about uh, autumn, some an autumn pic- picnic that was taken, um, undergone recently. And uh, autumn picnics are great if you just feel like you're in the mood and if you're in the sun, that's great. And if you bring a crock pot, that's nice warm, um, uh, warm food, so it stays warm too when you're at the picnic, so you can uh, be there for a while and it's still nice and warm. So, um, you know, why not use parks a lot longer during the summer, uh, during um, during the year than just the hot summer months? And another thing that happens in terms of uh, food hacks is that I'm liking to eat, uh, drink some tea rather than just water. Uh, and made tea by sun tea all summer. You just put it in the sun and uh, the black bag gets warm and uh, from the sun and then uh, dissipates all of its good nutrition or tea value um, by means of the sun. But I also put it uh, a big um, uh, a big jar of water and uh, tea bag on top of a wood-burning stove and let it kind of heat up and that worked just fine too so there's a lot of different ways to make tea without having to uh, heat heat it up in the normal way per se another food hack that happened that right off the bat a couple of days ago was that I found 20 pound rice for eight dollars and I bought uh, three of them so that should be uh, lots of rice for the for the winter you know, nice warm rice and uh, just um, buying it buying it cheap apparently there was something weird about the rice bag it was a little discolored or something and so um, that's what happens you go to the woohoo the big cheap um, sale aisle at uh, Kroger and you can find that kind of stuff and so again, it's ridiculous how healthy you can eat for ridiculous low price uh, because we are here in the United States of America. The next slide has to do with um, composting, gardening, uh, wood chips kind of mentality. So the first thing is you know, compost, I think, um, I'm always mentioning the importance of how that's useful, uh, but I also had a worm farm that someone gave to me a few years ago, and I haven't. I've mothballed it for a while, and I brought it back now. And I'm going to be looking for some worms, and they can be kept in the basement, and they'll churn away and make nice, uh, uh, great soil um, by putting in whatever organics you want to throw at them and there's kind of a little technique and it's kind of cute uh, but it uh, it is a fast way to uh, create compost in the winter time when it's below freezing there's no not a whole lot of composting that's going on it's just sitting so more to come uh, with that of course the and then the, the whole garden thing um, Gardens are always ongoing, but what's one thing that kind of uh, in the last couple of weeks is that uh, the uh, Portland Now community 
uh, a neighborhood association uh, sent a, a letter, you know, I, I sculpted a letter and then everybody signed it, uh, indicating that the Caudill Seeds, which is a company that sells seeds and seed products and things like that uh, around the world, and they are headquartered here uh, in our neighborhood, so just like, uh, you know, one or two miles away from where we uh, sit right here. And they could donate uh, some seeds for gardens. They could do all kinds of fun stuff uh, if it's thoughtfully done. And if the uh, company knows that the Neighborhood Association thinks that they're cool, uh, we'll just see how that goes. Maybe they could give us a huge um, vat of seeds, and then we could spend some time with a piece of paper. You can um, make... Uh, these tiny little origami envelopes with seeds in them and give them away uh, hither and thither and here and yon uh, kind of all the time uh, and the library has the um, uh, a seed library that they uh, like to uh, encourage people to to use as well so uh, maybe something can happen probably starting in like uh, having seed seed sharing parties in February when people should be thinking about how they want to do their garden etc maybe it's a little too early but February is fine for the cold crops and there's a lot of those because uh, Kentucky of course can get three plantings uh, early green cold crops and then the hot summers and the the fall cold crops again so uh, it's something that we can always strive for although we may never be perfect every year we can certainly uh, keep it as a, a goal and then the wood chips I think uh, they should always be top of mind because the whole world could just be layered in wood chips and it would all be right and there's probably lots of reasons why people don't want to do that and get stuck in a lawnmower or something well then just change how you cut your lawn um, you know make your trails uh, with um, with wood chips or put tons of wood chips around uh, the base of trees without touching the bark but still uh, like a donut around it and if you're not really wanting to embark on it then just think about your mental block and why it is that you don't and uh, they're, they're, and then work on uh, that item of course you can get cardboard underneath the uh, any wood chip uh, path that you want to make and the seeds the weeds don't come up uh, there's special paper you can buy at Lowe's but I think it's way overpriced but it's not as bulky as um, as uh, cardboard would be so it's kind of up to the person who uh, is experienced enough to know one or the other uh, but still um, you know wood, wood chips are something that I can continue to glory about and uh, I'm, I'm sure more to come on that who knows then we got slide number seven and uh, if you didn't realize that we're moving now into the uh, pictures, images uh, part of the reskilling, reusing, life hacking uh, event. And this slide happens to be all about, uh, you know, canoeing adventures on the Ohio River. And so what I want to describe is the lower left uh, of a picture on the screen indicates the the uh, how how low the water is when it hasn't been raining in Kentucky for a month. This is mid-September or something like that, and there's so many exposed rocks. It's crazy that all those rocks are are there uh, when the river's high, but you never know they're there. But boy, are they there when it gets lower. So that's why there's so much uh, swirling of currents, etc. And, uh, of course, a lot of it may be already be planned by the Army Corps of Engineers or LG&E or Hydro Dam or who knows what. Um, 
but it but it's uh, it's impressive enough for me to want to have taken a picture uh, of it. <laughs> the picture on the right is uh, an image of a portage that I did with the canoe because there was an, a bend in the river that the current was so fast I could not possibly get the canoe over. So I pulled over and uh, went over land, just a short little, el little elbow that was so hard and was able to be successful moving forward. So you can see the orange-red canoe in the distance and I dragged that along all that whole bed of uh, wood chips, I guess, or sticks, flotsam and jetsam. And then I also laid down some horizontal um, logs. You can see I probably put maybe uh, you know six or seven of them, uh, so that it didn't uh, the hull didn't drag on the rocks. It dragged more uh, on the on the wood, and so didn't hurt it um, as much. Um, but it's not that heavy of a canoe, and it's pretty hardy, uh, so I didn't really worry too much about it. But it was kind of fun to um, make something like that because the building blocks were all around and you can always use your muscles to move heavy logs here and there. Uh, of course they're all dry and light but still it's a, it's a fun outing to try to get a job done which is to go around a bend when the river won't let you. I think that was the area where the water was so fast that the Asian carp would jump high into the air in that current uh, trying to go upstream because that's what Asian carps do. They just love to just um, jump in high currents. And, uh, and so it's really f fun to see um, the biology that's uh, happening there. However, of course, Asian carps are, are, are destroy everything <laughs> about the ecosystem of a river. And that's already done here in the downside of the, of the dam, of the lock and dam. Uh, but on the upside, they really can't get up into the other side. Uh, so they haven't, so this is their, um, their last stand. They can't go any higher uh, than kind of this general area here. So it's kind of fun. And the picture on the upper left is picture of the beach just off of the river and when the river floods um, various times of the year it tends to rot one side of the trees and so the picture is of every single tree there and there are you know like eight or something like that all were rotting uh, on the one side and I don't know if it's because it's the um, the side away from the sun or if it's the side that's toward the moisture or there's some other feature but it's certainly a fascinating uh, site of observation and the only reskilling life hacking thing I can think of uh, in that regard is to just uh, just to be aware of the wonder and have your camera out and take a picture because uh, it's a, a great point but um, I don't know that there's uh, any reskilling or reusing that can uh, happen and kind of because of that it just causes trees to uh, fall over and there are tons of them uh, on the, along the shore. The next slide, slide eight, is uh, some other canoeing adventures of course. Um, it's very you know cold and dark now and I'm in the shipping port canoe area uh, it closes at 6 p.m. daily, uh, so you have to get out there uh, earlier in the day if you want to go now. But, uh, and, and my goal is to figure out how to do canoeing in the cold. How to, what things are the super coldest and the most dangerous for getting, you know, kind of uh, chilled in this and that and make it discomforting uh, because you want to, it would be great, just like canoeing in the late fall or early spring. It'd be also cool to be out canoeing uh, at those same you know, spread of time and have it super enjoyable uh, rather than just being cold and miserable and then no one would ever want to do that. So the picture in the upper right is 
uh, a nice picture of downtown Louisville. Uh, one, you know, once I got past that one portage spot, then I, I saw kind of brand new vistas that are so cool. And uh, I saw the power of the height of the river because big logs, which again are rotted, you see that rotted um, log just like the other ones that in the previous slide, uh, rotted, fell over, and then was launched down the stream and then got lodged. Uh, at water level and then got stuck and then as the water received it's sticking out there uh, like an enormous uh, leviathan thing. I went underneath it and it was kind of a little unsettling because the weight of it is just gigantically enormous um, but hey you know it's it's not going anywhere. And the slide uh, the picture on the lower left is uh, when I made it across a tough current and uh, found my way to a place to stop for a second because the river is so moving that you really can't stop even to take a picture. Otherwise, you get way out of the way uh, and, and be have five minutes to get you back where you need to be. Uh, so this is v upstream from um, the, the dam by the hydroelectric facility and I thought I was so cool for being so close now I get so close it's unbelievable and the waves just go at me uh, really high and I'm getting very much more comfortable with that um, but at that at the time I thought it was a cool picture um, but it is kind of nice with the sun reflecting in the afternoon the next slide this is all life hacking and I guess reskilling you know, a $300 canoe, even a $100 canoe, can get you a lot of fun uh, if you're close or if you have a car that can bring you to um, a body of water. And here's a low, you know, a low river height uh, at the Falls of the Ohio. Uh, there's all kinds of um, the fossils in the in the rocks. If you look down, you can see them in abundance everywhere for acres and acres and acres. Uh, so it's quite the wonderland for uh, anyone who wants to just um, uh, pull over if you get to this certain spot and uh, and hike around, which I highly recommend. And I'll do it again, of course. And here is a life hack of uh, me saying that I will not let the river get the best of me. Uh, it was way too high, way too fast of water, even though the water level was very, very, very low. It wouldn't let me pass a certain area because uh, there was something about, um, you know, a high velocity shoots. And, and so I had to go around a spring uh, on the side and I used a rope and uh, just towed the uh, canoe through the this little um, side rivulet area and got into um, the area that I wanted to and got exploring around. Um, so it uh, it's a nice picture, nice life hack. And then after a lot of adventuring and finding some pretty cool stuff, which is in the canoe there, uh, it's another story, I suppose. But I found. A uh, really fun uh, water fall, and there were so many ducks. I tried to get the camera out faster than the ducks went away, but they just waddled away. Uh, and there are lots of fish here too, real big ones. In this, it's a lagoon, uh, and uh, there's a lot of fun places. No one can see this area at all from any uh, Kentucky or Indiana. It's buried deep in the rivulets. Um, of uh, between the islands, so it's kind of uh, fun to, to see the pristineness of it, and uh, it's mucky and yucky, and the Ohio River has always been that since the dawn of time. So it's uh, when I look at the, the, you know, the color of the river and how murky it is and all that. That's just nature. That's that's not man-made. Uh, I guess I got other canoe pictures, but uh, I'm not going to show them anymore. I'm going to go on to other things because this is about uh, reskilling.
So I don't think I've showed before uh, the success that was uh, that happened in a lot of the um, in the, the garden. So the picture on the left is uh, some summer squash, probably some acorn squash that I got at the um, Fresh Stop last year. Um, ate it, you know, put it in the crock pot, and uh, but I took the seeds and uh, dried them and put them in a uh, on paper toweling, and then I think I talked about it in, in months past. But after, you know, in the springtime, I just put it, uh, put them, took them out of the paper toweling that they were folded in and uh, put them into the ground and boy did every single one of them sprout out so uh, it's a testament to if you go to a farmer's market if you get one acorn squash you've got yourself you know 200 um, squash plants in the future oh maybe that's an exaggeration but the idea is there now the picture is on the right are of some 55-gallon drums that I picked up on the uh, side of the Ohio River in my canoe. I saw it and I said, whoa, I gotta have that for the garden. And so now the garden has used to be one, then two, and then now four nice little containers that can be easily used for transferring wood chips, uh, compost, uh, dirt uh, or anything else you can think of uh, that is n from a, from a garden perspective. So e these can be used for collecting water too. But the garden already has two, three hundred gallon containers. That's so not necessary at this point. Uh, but um, the goal then would be to hack these full ones in half and use the, the half uh, drums as again these totes for toting around all kinds of different things and you guess you can probably drill holes in them with a drill and those would be finger holes because they're kind of hard to hold on to if you don't have a finger hole and if it's not a finger hole you can put a rope through it and tie off two ends of the rope and then you have a, a pull string a pull rope uh, where you can drag it quite nicely too so there's a lot of potentiality for things to happen in the garden, uh, and there you go. Good things will happen uh, in the future. So speaking of garden attempts, <clears throat> another one happened uh, at the uh, picture on the right of the next slide is a picture of a straw bale and a tomato plant that was growing in there real nicely but then the city parks uh, weed whacker people came by and destroyed the entire plant. Now when I watered it some more, uh, it came back, but it was huge. And then it weed whacked and it came back again because the root system of tomatoes is pretty extensive and uh, it was doing, doing well. Um, and it was probably going to produce well, and it ended up, you know, kind of doing fine, but it's a, a cut to the heart to uh, have a huge plant whacked down by someone who obviously could tell if they had any sense that that was a garden. Uh, so what to do in the future is to use bureaucracy administration, talk to the coordinator of the Weed Whacking Society, and uh, get some, maybe work with the volunteer coordinator at the parks and say I'm a volunteer and so this is a volunteer coordinator's garden don't touch it weed whacker people and it's way more effort than anybody would expect but it lays right in front of you because of the uh, apparent violence that happens there's another around the corner of this um, rec center there is two big there are two big uh, air conditioners that have condenser uh, pipes that roll off uh, into the grass and make a big pool of water even though it's completely uh, uh, 
you know, dry and, uh, and hot all around it because it, it had not rained then for weeks. And then I saw, how is this pool here? And so from my perspective, there's another garden that can happen on the other side of this building based upon the water source that's continuous from the air conditioner that runs to keep the place cool, which is always in the summer, 24-7. So why not grow some excellent um, whatever? And I'll have to work with the powers that be to see what happens there. So I don't see a problem with having a garden next to the rec center. And if um, homeless people and kids and uh, you know elderly folk and uh, Every any Tom, Dick, and Harry want to grab some cherry tomatoes. That's fine. We had a bumper crop of cherry tomatoes in our regular community garden, and there will be tons of, of um, volunteers next spring. And so we can throw them up right um, here at the rec center and have cherry tomatoes like crazy. Because they're a little bit of work to go grab a cherry tomato, um, and they're and so not everybody's going to want to. Uh, come out there every single day, but a lot of people in a little bit of uh, fun can enjoy cherry tomatoes. So that's the philosophy of uh, cherry tomatoes rather than these big whoppers that can um, be stolen and all at once and everybody's uh, kind of aggrieved. The picture on the left is a, a backyard of someone who is offered up, uh, I guess, some environmental group I uh, wanted to have a big um, a backyard um, garden, and so this is kind of like one of those showcase places where you can grow your food, and everything seems to be growing really well. So uh, backyards uh, for croquet or for horseshoes or for jarts or whatever else doesn't need to happen. You can go to the park for those. Your backyard can be functional for... Um, um, generating food for yourself or for others, depending upon how you uh, organize it and what you choose to grow. That's in Minneapolis. Another Minneapolis house uh, made me pause as I was driving by. I noticed that this house has a couple of different peculiarities. Number one is that uh, the whole roof is solar panels, and even the porch roof is solar panels, and that probably gives them a lot of electricity. And I may have taken pictures of their electrical system, although I don't know that I have. And then you can see they do have a 55-gallon drum for storing water, but I don't know where that water comes from because it doesn't seem to come down from the water spout, oddly. But uh, I guess that's for the interested student. Another feature would be, of course, uh, the garden. There's a lot of growing vegetables there, probably some... Brussels sprouts, kale, squash, etc. And, and so in a house can make different choices and this one happens to uh, have made choices about generating electricity <clears throat> from the sun and you can see that there's space between the solar panels and the roof so that uh, I don't know, ice doesn't build up or something. I don't know, there has to be some features associated with uh, having a be um, snow and, uh, and ice proof because it is in the cold Minnesota, right? Yeah, it is. And another uh, picture that just randomly uh, came to me was at Aldi. And the picture was of, of its marketing jargony um, uh, signage. And it's pretty good. I would say it's worth taking a picture of because, uh, you know, their food is there. It's fresh. It's simple. Oh, gosh. I can't read what the other one is. And uh, other words that they 
uh, espouse are for um, being mindful uh, of it, what they're selling, nutrition and recycling and their bagging of good options. If you go there to know what I'm talking about, and it's, uh, I guess they're trying to be sustainable and environmental and be good to their employees. That's, that's, that's fun. Uh, another thing I just want to share with has to do with a little bit of uh, exercise, outdoorsmanship, etc. And the picture on the left is in Wharf Park, where there was an event called Orienteering or something like that. There's an orienteering club, and they go to various parks all throughout the summer. And they, I guess they put these posts in the deep forest uh, where you try to find with a GPS, you go there, if you clock in that you were there, and then you run to the next, and you clock in that you were there, and all the time you're trying to use a map and use a GPS and use a compass and try to figure out uh, where to go, but yet do it as fast as possible. So it's engaging your body, your brain, uh, and uh, problem-solving skills and balance. And in the case of Wharf Park, uh, avoiding poison ivy. And, uh, and so there's a neighborhood associations allocated a little bit of funds for any neighbors that want to go do that next time they're at Wharf Park, which is, I think, it's $5 a pop. But you know, if you work with the neighborhood association, you can go for free and uh, you know, use Wharf Park in a really fun, unusual way. And the picture on the right is a life hack where you can't tell, but this is a steep downhill. And there are many ways to go downhill without slipping. And I know one way, which I'm using there, which is to dig your heel and walk on your heels as you go down. Um, and by doing that, it just changes the dynamics of your, uh, of, the, of your structural mechanics so much that you're much more stable uh, going down a steep incline than if you tried to go either uh, on your entire foot or putting weight towards the front. Uh, so just with an emphasis on using your heel, uh, that's what I've uh, been finding in a summer's worth of uh, um, banging around uh, in the wild a little bit. This is a different uh, life hack. It is a telephone pole next to someone's house that has a fire hydrant and they decided to put a whole bunch of flowers all by the fire hydrant and other plants as well. And then they find that people probably throw garbage uh, litter uh, here and there. So they basically put a garbage can right there on the corner. And, in the, and if they want to avoid squirrels or whatnot, they've put a hinge uh, on it. And it's so simple that uh, and cheap that you can iterate that anytime anywhere it looks like they put down uh, some uh, bricks or ceramic things um, uh, underneath the garbage can so that it wouldn't sag when it gets wet etc and of course you can see wood chips all around it so that was from uh, minnesota but something like that of course can be done in the Portland neighborhood, too, without too much thinking about it. Another thing that happened uh, in Minnesota was that I went to someone's uh, house, and in that house there was uh, fun things, which is the upper left is a picture of the outside of their house with a wagon, and it had rose mauling on it, which is that whole fractal thinking kind of um, curly cue. Uh, but this is hand done by the owner of the house and uh, there's some cute little trolls out 
isn't that isn't that fun? Also, uh, their uh, house is filled with interesting uh, books. So I've basically taken pictures of the person's library, and uh, can, I can in the future refer to uh, these pictures and look at the book titles if I ever wanted to kind of um, widen my breadth of, uh, of reading. Uh, you can go to interesting people's homes and take pictures of their library. You don't even have to ask permission. Uh, something else that uh, happened and since the last time, I guess, um, maybe the last two, three months ago, uh, something happened to the library here, which is one limb fell down and the lawyers and powers that be decided that immediately the whole tree had to come down. So the whole tree has come down. The stump has been ground out and there's only wood chips uh, there now. So part of me was thinking that that tree didn't really have to go down. It could have been trimmed or it could have been trimmed for years in the past and never would have had a limb fall down if, they was, if it was being evaluated. That tree is monstrously huge. It's gone now, so it was a monstrously huge tree. And uh, there was efforts made to try to uh, leave the uh, trunk there and have someone use a chainsaw and maybe make some art out of it or something like that. But uh, there was no talking to anyone in any way. And uh, so that prompted the uh, library friends, at least, uh, to have an evaluation of all the trees to make sure that uh, limbs are cut off rather than having fallen off and neighbors freaking out and losing huge assets. Right? Right. And a picture on the right that I took this is of uh, a statement of uh, aggrievement because there are some uh, downtown organizations that have assets and if you interact with the asset holders maybe you can uh, find better places for things rather than the garbage dump. For instance, there are two nice looking bicycle racks and uh, apparently they're being thrown out and you know, the, you know desks and chairs that's fine uh, you know but bike racks can be found uh, they're unique enough and they're sturdy enough um, just because there's potential remodeling going on or whatnot uh, doesn't mean that you need to throw stuff away but it's way too much time, effort, chain of command, chain of um, liability. Um, so they just they can't they can't do anything but just throw it away. I get that. It's just that I'm aggrieved. You're okay. Uh, this next slide is the last month's no the 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 or or the anchor article that's going to be coming out coming uh, up in um, late November. So I've got it all ready and um, I've got it sent. Um, and um, I'm gonna probably gonna change one or two words here or there. I'm gonna have uh, the computer speak it to me and if it doesn't make sense, I can change around. Or and so that's the, my, my last effort is to, uh, is to have the computer speak it to me so it makes sense. But this is the, the article basically. Of course, it's very interesting to me. And I can see that the software is such that I need to remove some part of the uh, back end of setup of the structure of the template to get rid of the triangle 
circle and box, obviously, because that's just dumb. But who knew? And this slot, the pictures that are going with the uh, submission to the Anchor newspaper article are those pictures. And they'll, if you read the article, you will know exactly what those are referring to. But if you haven't read the article, you would have no idea what those pictures mean. Uh, ignoring again the the background template feature, uh, this is the uh, wording of the letter to the um, Caudill Seed Company that was signed by everyone just recently. Uh, so it was a letter that was quickly drawn up and probably could be done better in many, many ways, but it was, it was what it was. Okay, now we're going back to some more pictures of canoes, I guess. Um, what I see in this picture is an upside-down car in the middle of the river, indicating just how low the river is. There are lots of things uh, that I've gathered and lots of things I've tried to gather into the canoe that are exposed, but I just can't because uh, they're just so deep into the mud. But that car is there for the long haul for sure. Uh, this picture is of the uh, an announcement for the walking club. So the walking club can certainly walk on sidewalks next to shotgun houses but or in nice um, parks but if you go down by the river you can have to you might have to scramble through mud and uh, large boulders there or I guess it's um, escarpment and you never know if there's going to be a lock and dam barge uh, coming right next to you so there's a uh, there's good stuff uh, for those who want to walk around uh, on, a, on a Sunday morning uh, with the walking club or just walk anytime, anywhere. The uh, next slide I want to share about is the fact that um, a, a neighborhood uh, letter was sent out to uh, Kroger indicating um, our pleasure with their mobile market and at my work site they did have a one of these things and they announced it and I came down and found that there was really good cheap healthy food available there and I think that's uh, great and uh, power to them they're putting some investment into it and we'll see uh, if that takes off because every you know, the, there's a need there, and you just sort of try things, right? This here picture on slide 26 is at a local park, and it happens to be Breslin Park, which is not in Portland, but still, uh, I guess it's Portland people at the picnic, which includes me. And so there's fun little skate park, and you, there's a nice picnic area that is protected above from uh, a steamy sun or rain but in the fall the sun comes kind of sideways so it is warmed by having the ceilings so high that uh, the sun can fully come in through the entire thing so that's a, a huge win as far as I'm concerned in terms of having an autumn picnic uh, all the things are set up for success, especially if you wear warm clothing, bring a uh, crock pot or two. The next slide has to do with the walking club um, at the Lock and Dam, and the Army Corps of Engineers apparently has put in, I don't know why, but I'm awfully gleeful of it, um, a honeybee um, home. So that is a beehive. 
and nobody can get at it unless you're a uh, Army Corps of Engineers person, which is fine too, uh, but it's fun to just run across because I think it's a big deal about uh, honeybees these days. So having it be far away from uh, gardens in the middle of a block and dam is probably not a bad thing because uh, the bees can then go into the islands and something maybe not even maybe not have to die from <coughs> being exposed to uh, to chemicals. Here on the walking club recently, uh, I had time to think about a picture, and this picture is a indicates a life hack. This is tough going, uh, and there's lots of boulders, rocks of all sizes, and the leaves hide all of them. And so a way to get through that was, again, using the technique mentioned before, which is basically walking on your, on your heels, getting a lot of good solidity uh, from, your, from your heels and, and moving, moving forward at a reasonable pace, otherwise, uh, you tend to kind of have to be off balance and um, kind of zigzag around. Um, but anyway, it's, a, it's also kind of a, a nice picture, I, I thought. And this slide is uh, one that I picked from uh, my sister who recently went to Asia, and they, did a, they do a life hack there in India of what to do with all of their people who die. And there's a lot of them, so if you have graveyards, could you imagine, you know, I mean, for how many thousands of years, for how many mi millions or hundreds of, or even billions of people, they just uh, burn them and the ashes go into the Ganges. Uh, I think that's what this is, but it does illustrate the importance of that concept of uh, just letting um, letting good things happen um, in all aspects of life, including not wasting a lot of space for someone uh, who, who died at the expense of people who are living. I mean, we have cemeteries, and then do we need to have more and more space for more and more cemeteries? The answer is probably not. So I feel good about quitting. I don't know, because I, I don't know how long we've been going. Uh, but, you know, death of people by burning and the end of, a, um, of an event of, of reskilling, well, I guess that's perfectly good, too. Uh, I would like to take the opportunity, though, to say you know, not to end on a morose note. So I'll, there's this song by the, I think it's the Willoughby's or something, and I think it was actually Bernie French who wrote it, but Tom Petty uh, kind of cornered it. And it's also the last song at the last episode of the last year of Parks and Rec. This is the song that they play. Well, it's all right Riding around in the breeze Well, it's all right If you live the life that you please Well, it's all right Doing the best that you can Well, it's all right As long as you lend a hand You can sit around waiting for the phone to ring Wait for someone to tell you everything Sit around and wonder what tomorrow will bring Maybe a diamond ring Well, it's alright Even if they say you're wrong Well, it's alright Sometimes you gotta be strong Well, it's alright As long as you got somewhere to lay Well, it's alright Every day's judgment day Maybe somewhere down the road a ways You'll think of me and wonder where I am these days 
Maybe somewhere down the road when somebody plays Purple Haze. Well, it's all right. Even when push comes to shove, well, it's all right. If you got someone to love, well, it's all right. Everything will work out fine, well, it's all right. We're going to the end of the line. Don't have to be ashamed of the car I drive at the end of the line. I'm just glad to be here, glad to be alive at the end of the line. It don't matter if you're by my side, I'm satisfied. Well, that's all right. Even if you're old and gray, well, it's all right. You still got something to see, well, it's all right. Remember to live and let live, well it's alright The best you can do is forgive, it's alright Riding around in the breeze, well it's alright If you live the life that you please, well it's alright Even if the sun don't shine, well it's alright We're going to the end of the line, going to the end of the line Well, I guess that's good enough to uh, end on. So by order of the court, we're going to try to see if we can hit a few buttons and say uh, we're signing off. What is this? This is the reskilling event for Portland neighborhood in Louisville, Kentucky, the second Tuesday evening at 6.30 in the rec, uh, in the uh, general purpose room. And uh, every, every month we'll do this again until everyone feels fully life hacked and reskilled. So, with that, I think we'll just uh, sign off. Of course, you can listen to any of this uh, and see the slides at uh, slash reskill. I'll uh, post something on Facebook to indicate that it's uh, up and, and running. Once I convert all this to MP3 and, uh, and put it on the blog, uh, Metageny is spelled M-E-T-A-G-E-N-Y dot com, Metageny dot com slash reskill. So all the best people said amen, and we're out of here then.